0: love is the most powerful force for change in the world and i have grief because this organization loved me back to life
1: hi everyone i'm annika and this is the tried and truth podcast Another episode of the Tried and Truth podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. So glad you're here. This week we're going behind the brand with Thistle Farms. They're a nonprofit social enterprise really built around this idea of creating a pathway of healing and hope for women, survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. And you're gonna be hearing the true story of hope by their community relations senior ambassador, who also happens to be a survivor. Doris is absolutely phenomenal. Just as she shares her story of being loved back to life, you are gonna be just so moved and so inspired. Uh, What a gift to always be learning and growing and filling our lives with hope and reminded of the power of love, and that's the gift you will find in this conversation. I think we all need that reminder of the power of that one little thing that we can do that one single candle we can light or buy in this case um, or be that one ray of light in someone else's light cannot wait for you to hear this incredible story learn more about the work and role of social enterprises and the part we can all play take a listen doris thank you for being with us today
0: absolutely you're more than welcome i'm glad to be here Mm -hmm.
1: tell us a little bit about you and where you work and then we can talk a little bit more about your story.
0: Okay, sure. So I work at Thistle Farms, and Thistle Farms is a nonprofit organization. This organization is designed to help women just like myself. So when I say like myself, I'm talking about women who are survivors of human trafficking, prostitution, addiction, and abuse, the entire gambit. So Thistle Farms is a nonprofit organization. We were founded in Nashville, Tennessee, back in 1997, but now we have over 95 sister organizations around the United States, and we have like 26 global partners, so we have really, over the past 25 years, expanded, and that's a good thing, because that gives hope to every woman in every state, It gives hope to every women that are outside of the United States that might live in indigenous lifestyles and women who might suffer from from poverty. So that helps them as well. But so I started at Thistle Farms. I serve as senior ambassador for community relations. And that just means I love to talk. So I get to tell the story of Thistle Farms quite often. I travel around the United States. I tell my story. I talk about Thistle Farms. I'll sell a lip balm or a candle and the proceeds will go back and help that next woman get her life back. And it makes me feel good to think that I can just play a small part in helping the next woman get her life back. Because I remember, whew, I remember what it was like to have no hope and to be really down and I couldn't figure out a way how to get out of the cycle that I was in. So it's really a good thing to work at the Farms and you see the new women come in and they're not too sure about their selves and they're holding their heads down. But the good news is this is a two-year program. So by the time the women go through this two-year program that's totally free, you can see them, the light comes on and you can see the smile and they begin to hold their head up. So yeah, Thistle Farms is a great place. We have a lot of different entities. There's like the cafe at Thistle Farms, uh, that's run by survivors, the sous chef, the baristas are survivors, and the cafe at Filstall Farms has absolutely amazing food. It's a hard job to sit at my desk all day and smell the food. I'm like, people you back <laughs> We'll go back down there one more time, (laughs) but it's the cafe at Thistle Farms, and then we have the shop at Thistle Farms where we sell all of our products. Uh, We have the manufacturing facility where the products are made, and then we have the administrative offices. But for me, because I am a survivor, the heart of the whole program is the residential piece here in Nashville, we have seven houses. We have a safe house. And that's where women come off of the street and live in safe, sober living. They get to go to therapy. They, they help us get our lives back. So around Thistle Farms, our tagline is love heals. And I've heard our founder Rebecca Stevens say countless numbers of times that love is the most powerful force for change in the world. And I have grief because this organization loved me back to life, you know, because I'm a believer. Thistle Farms is not a religious organization. So I always like to make the little disclaimer that it's not a religious organization, but I'm a believer because I know who I am and I know whose I am. But Thistle Farms keeps it open for everyone. You don't have to believe a certain way. You don't have to believe it all. Just come in and receive the healing that you need. So that's a really, really great thing. Yeah. So, there are women who come into Thistle Farms for all sorts of reasons. There are some women who come into Thistle Farms because they grew up in homes where addiction was prevalent, and they thought that was an okay way of life because they didn't know anything else to base it on. That wasn't part of my story. There are some women who come into Thistle Farms because they were touched by a family member or a stranger, and that molestation started a cycle of trauma in their lives. That wasn't part of my story either. There are some women who come into our community because they were sold into human trafficking at a very early age. And I'm talking about between the ages of seven and 11 years old. Mm. So, in the beginning, that was not a part of my story. But by the time I got through this 26 long years of addiction, I had been abused. I had been sold in human trafficking. I had been prostituted, and I was totally confined and addicted. So I like to tell the story of, of my personal. So it's hard to talk about Thistle Farms without telling my personal story because I want people to get it. I want people to realize just how far down we go and how Thistle Farms is willing to come to us and help us back and give us a place to live for two whole years that's totally free. So my story started off in a little small town north of Nashville. So when I got here to Thistle Farms, at first I thought my story was different because I didn't experience the other stuff because I had an absolutely amazing childhood. My mother and my father were humble believers in God. They taught me all there was to know about the word of God. My daddy taught me that music is food for the soul, I had an absolutely amazing childhood. I can remember that my dad would take me as a little girl up in front of the church and push me up in front of everybody, and I would sing. So I had a lot of joy in my life as a child. Yet I landed here at Thistle Farm, was really tired and really broken. You see, out of the blue, a very troubled family member came into our family home, severely injured my mom and shot my father. And I was 12 years old. And up to that point, I had never in my life experienced or seen any form of violence. You know, there are some days, I'm pretty old now, but there are some days I wake up and just for a second, I'm like, I think I smell blood in the air. And there are some days I can wake up and I can just remember screaming and running over to my daddy. And just as I got there, he fell, which resulted in my being partially trapped underneath my dying father. So everything I had known changed on a dime. My daddy died that day. My mom was severely injured. Now, before that incident happened, my mom was uh, a homemaker. She was there in the mornings to get us off of school. and She was there in the afternoons. And my daddy would work. But After that incident, my mom became the sole breadwinner. So the dynamic in the house changed. So when I went to school in the mornings, I'd be by myself. When I came home in the afternoons, I would be by myself. So I, before that incident, I was an A-plus student. But after that incident... The teacher would be standing up front talking, and my mind would just wander back to that same scene. So my grades began to fall. And then because my mom wasn't there often, like she used to always be there, I thought it was a good idea to start hanging out with the cool kids at school. And I was introduced to marijuana at the age of 13. And the first time I smoked marijuana, I can remember. Now, this is the answer. I feel better. I'm not scared. I feel much better. I'm not gloomy. And I can laugh. You see, I had no idea that marijuana was a gateway drug. And when it stopped doing what I needed it to do, I had to find something a little harder, so... I started off as a childhood addiction to marijuana. That addiction quickly progressed. And by the time I was a, the time I was an adult, I had a full-blown cocaine addiction that led me from White House, Tennessee, all the way into Nashville. And when I landed in Nashville, whew, that's when I began to live a truly inhumane lifestyle. So everything about my life had changed. Everything that was good and decent was now taken from me because of my addiction. So I walked down the streets of Nashville, and my life was full of going to jail and getting out of jail, getting in the wrong car and being trapped in human trafficking. It was a horrific lifestyle. And when I tell you I was in my addiction for 26 long, miserable years, And I was on the street for well over 20 years. Thought I was going to die out there. But you know, my dad had taught me that prayer is the most powerful tool that we possess. But I would be so high and so inebriated, I couldn't follow a prayer. But I would walk down the streets of Nashville and I would recite the 23rd Psalm because I remember that was something I said every day as a child. So I would walk down the street after I get out of a car and I'm like, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I would cry out. And I would say, if you just please come get me, I promise you, I will do better and I'll I'll live in your house, I'll dwell in your house forever. So not long after continuously saying that prayer, I landed back in jail again. Now, when I was on the street, I had a good friend named Regina, and she just disappeared. And I thought she was dead because our lives did not hold any value on the street. So um, I like to make the analogy of Thistle Farms versus jail. When I came to Thistle Farms, they told me to dream and dream big. But when I went to jail, they'd take my clothes. That was a problem. They would give me these ugly orange jumpsuits. They tell me when to eat, what to eat, and they talk to you in a manner that made you feel even worse about yourself. So I'm sitting there in jail again, and I've got my head down and my spirit's really, really low. And I'm like, what am I going to do? How do I keep getting here? And I looked up and across the room, I thought, is that Regina? Is that my friend? Because I thought Regina was dead, and it was Regina. Regina but she wasn't there as an inmate as I was. She was there to bring a word of hope. You see, Mm -hmm. Regina was one of the first five women that came into the Thistle Farms program when it opened in 1997. So Regina was standing across the room and when she saw me, she got as close to me as they would allow her. And I'm like, is that Regina? Because she looked different. She was standing there, and she was glowing from the inside out. And I'm like, "Wow!" And she looked at me, and she gave me this big smile, and she said, "Doris, guess what? I got my life back." Like, <laughs> how did you do that? She's I found this program. I said, no, Regina, I can't do it. I've gone to so many 30-day programs. What is 30 days going to do for me? Well, I've been addicted the vast majority of my life. She said, no, Doris, no, 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 no. She said, this is different. This is a long-term program. I said, you know what, Regina, I have gone to halfway houses because they're 90 days, but they charge 125 to 140 a week. So, I'm clean from drugs and I'm living in a halfway house, but nobody would give me a job because of my background. So, I'd have to go right back out and trade myself as though I was some type of a commodity to pay my rent. After a while, nobody was helping me change my thinking. So, after a while, I'm going right back out and use again. And she said, No, Doris. So, this was in 2009. This was in 2008 that I saw her in jail. And at that time, we were known as the Magdalene House. Her humble beginnings was the Magdalene House. And then Becca Stevens, as I found her, she's an Episcopal priest, she realized that even though the women were staying clean, they were getting their lives back, going to court and getting their records expunged. But we were dirty poor. We lose everything we own in our addictions. So Becca Stevens realized that she had to do more. So she started the Justice Enterprise part of Thistle Farms in 2001. But at that time, it was called Magdalene House. And she said, no, Doris, I'm talking about Thistle Farms. This program is designed for women just like us. It's a two-year program, and it's totally free. And I'm like, what? So she gave me the number. Now, usually when I get out of jail, I would go right back to the street until I got out of jail again. But this time, I went all the way back to White House, Tennessee. And by this time in my life, I had two beautiful children, a beautiful little daughter and a handsome little big-eyed son. And I thank God that my mom was keeping them for me because I couldn't take care of them, couldn't take care of myself. So I'm holding on to this number that Regina gave me for all my might. And I walked up in my mama's front porch and my kids ran out and they hugged me and they loved on me, they didn't care that I was a crack addict. They loved their mama. They didn't care that I probably smelled like a bear. <laughs> they loved their mama. Mm-hmm. So I go in the house And home was not a safe place for me because if I would walk in the bedroom where I grew up as a child and sit on my bed and look right over my shoulder, that was the spot right outside where my daddy fell dead. So home was simply not a good place for me. But I walked in the house and I looked around in my bedroom and my mom had put this beautiful picture of my daughter on the wall. So I climbed up on the bed and I took that picture down and I scribbled that number on the back of it that Regina gave me. And I'm like, now that number's safe because everything I touched in life turned to dirt. But I thought if it stays in this house, it'll be okay. So I called Regina and she didn't answer. I left her a message. So I stayed there a couple of days. I'm like, she's not going to call me back. I'm just going back to the street. So when I got ready to leave to go back to the street, my brother said, Doris, you know what? You are killing our mom. Every time the news come on and they find a woman dead or they find a woman that's severely injured, her mom goes into a panic mode because she thinks it's you. Can you just please call her mom? Just let her know you're doing okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the truth is I had used drugs to mask the pain. But the drugs had always also taken away my feelings, and I simply did not care. So I go back to the street, but unknowingly, my brother had planted a seed in my spirit. I would be walking down the streets of Nashville, about to open the car door to a stranger's car, and something in my spirit would remind me what my brother said. And it would be like, Hey, Doris, call your mom. I'm like, No, I would be sitting. I would be sitting in a nasty, dirty crack house and something in my spirit would say, Doris, call your mom. And I'm like, no. So my life has always been horrible on the street. But for those eight next eight or nine months, when this thing keeps telling me to call my mom and I won't do it, I was even more miserable. I was getting in cars, and every time I was getting taken against my will, if I decided I didn't want to do it, I was being raped. It got to the point of where I was raped so many times, I couldn't even count on. So my life was really bad. So one day I thought, okay, okay, I'll call my mom, and I'm so happy I made that call. So I called my mom, and I said, hey, mom, this is Doris. I just want to let you know I'm doing okay. I was not doing okay. She said, Doris, I want you to do something for me. You know the songs that your daddy taught you as a child. Our church is having this big anniversary and they want you to come home and they want you to be a part of it. So can you just please, please come home and be a part of that for me? And I said, yeah, mama. Okay, I will. So I went back home again. Hadn't been home in almost a year. But this time when I got home, I had blisters underneath the bottom of my feet and I was bruised from the inside out. And I had just about lost my will to live. And I walked to my mom's house and I just collapsed on the bed. So that particular night, I think I slept more safely and more soundly than I had slept in a couple of decades. Because on the street It's not if you're going to get raped, but how many times that day are you going to say no and get taken against your will? On the street, you're in and out of houses and you don't have anywhere to live, so you're homeless and you can't sleep comfortably. But now I'm back in my mom's house and my body is really tired and really weak. And I slept more safely and more soundly than I had slept in a couple of decades. And I woke up the next morning. And my mom was out in the kitchen cooking and it smelled amazing. So now I remember growing up as a child, my mom had a habit of talking to God like he was her best friend. She was like, Good um, morning, God. And I'm like, oh God, And then I heard her say, God, my baby's home. And I need you to keep her here this time. You never know go back out there, she's going to die. And then she came around the corner and she fed me. So that afternoon, I walked up to the up the street to where I up to street to my church, and when I got to the church, all the people that wanted me to come sing, they were my best friends when I was a kid. So you'll never imagine this because you're looking at me. you are never can imagine this. I was standing there and I was weighing like ninety pounds. It'll never happen again. <laughs> but I'm so weak and so sickly. We had 11 and a half teeth and the half tooth was right in the front. It was horrible. And they, so all my friends were parents. They were members of the society. A couple of them were school teachers. One of them was a fireman. They were members of society. And here I stand really tired and really broken and really weak. And they looked at me and they said, is that you Doris? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. They said, well, come on Doris, we got this song we want you to sing. The song is by Mimi Battles, Chicago Mass Choir, and it's called You're Looking at a Miracle, and it sounds just like you. I'm like, really, y'all? A miracle? They say, yeah, Doris, you can sing it. This song sounds just like you. We remember how you used to sing. So they gave me the song. So for the next two weeks, instead of putting drugs in my body, For the next two weeks, instead of selling myself as though I was some type of a commodity, I stayed at my mama's house and I tried to learn this song that said, every time you look at me, you're looking at a miracle. Mm -hmm. So the anniversary came and I sang and I praised and I done things unlike I had done in a couple of decades. But you see, every night I was having using dreams. If you are addicted to any substance or if you are uh, in any type of bad relationship, when you close your eyes at night, everything comes on you. So every night I'm having using dreams. So after the choir anniversary, I went to bed that night and I woke up in a hot sweat because I had a really, really bad dream. And I'm like, this is it. I'm I'm going going back to the street. Regina hadn't called me back. She said she was going to call me. She never did. I'm just going back to the street. So when I woke up that morning, my mom was in the kitchen that particular morning. And she used to walk around the house and sing this little song like, Oh, Lord, I want you to hear me heard her in the kitchen that morning and she was praying harder than we've ever heard anybody pray in their lives. And she's like, I'm standing on your promises. You said you would never leave me nor forsake me. I need you to keep my baby here because if she goes back out there, she's going to die. And this particular morning, she was singing to the top of her voice and she was like, oh, Lord, I want you I'm trying to get back to the street. Now, usually when I come home, my mom would see me to the store. I would call, I would keep her the money. And when I had enough money, I call somebody and they come and get me. So she's in the kitchen having I'll just i'll go a fest, trying to keep me home, and I'm trying to get back to the crack house. So I come home and I did what she asked. So the first person I called had a flat tire. The next person I called didn't have enough gas to come get me. And I'm like, what's going on? So I started leaving messages. This is Doris. When you get this message, give me a call. I don't need to go back to the street. I've been without drugs or two weeks and I can't take it no more. So my mom came around the corner and I'm packing my clothes because I am determined I'm going back to the street. So she come around the corner. and She said, Doris, what are you doing? I said, mom, I'm going back. I did what you asked me to do. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She said, what are you doing? And I said, mama, I'm going back. And when I turned around, my mom had tears in her eyes. And if I had been in my right mind, that would have stopped me. But nothing could stop me when I wanted drugs. So she said, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, somebody here up and call me. And the phone rang. I'm like, yes, I'm out here. So I said, hello, you ready to come get me? It was Regina. Oh, no. It was Regina. She said, yeah, Doris, I'm ready to come get you. So on a wow. Monday morning, November the 9th, 2009, I got my life back and I came into the Thistle Farms community and I've been joyous every since. I came into the program and I've seen that the houses are beautiful. I've heard Becca Stevens say that they build the houses intentionally lavish. High ceilings, the furniture is beautiful. And when I walked in, all the girls were glowing. And I'm like, well, I heard you were dead. And I thought you were in jail. And they say, no, we're here. So when I'm thinking everybody was dead, they had found their way out. Wow! I came into a program. And when I first got there, they took me shopping. They got my teeth fixed. They sent me to therapy and it's a two-year program. So that two years give you enough time to fall in love with your therapist, hate your therapist and fall back in love with her again. <laughs> so it's an amazing, life-changing program. I can't explain enough how beautiful Thistle Farms is. It is an amazing, life-changing organization and it's designed to help women like me. So this place It's built on love, it's grounded on love, and like I said before, love is the most powerful force for change in the world. Becca Stevens decided, she was helping women in Nashville, and then she thought, well, I need to help more people. So now here at Thistle Farms, we have what we call education workshop days. We might have 60 or 70 people from 17 to 18 different states, and they'll spend a couple of days with us. Every director will tell them what every director of every department here will tell them what they do. We'll show them our books. We'll teach them how to fundraise. And they go back to where they live and they open up the houses. Because I promise you, if you open up the houses, the women will come. Because we're tired and our teeth are falling out and we're scared and we just don't know a way out. And I've heard Becca Stevens say, you know, no woman goes to the street because she thinks, when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute or I want to be homeless. It is some type of childhood trauma. So this place is built on stories. Now, my story is no better or no different than anybody else's story, but I enjoy in telling my story because it keeps in the front of my mind just how bad it was out there. So I got my life back and I get to tell my story to people and let them know that there is a way out, that we do get our lives back. It is true that I was addicted. I have been tried in every way since I've been clean, but I hadn't gone back. So when I heard that I was going to get to talk on the Tried and true podcast, I'm like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad you
1: did, Doris. Yes, I do. You just had me crying (laughs) and laughing and just soaking in your beautiful voice as you sang just... (laughs) Just a few notes, like you just feel so much love and hope in your story.
0: So much better on this side. And just
1: the courage that it takes to be on this other side to to share it, to relive those hard things
0: yeah, and And still
1: find the light and be the light and say there is light. Yeah. Thank and to you. be to be part yeah. of something like Thistle Farms, and just to yes. hear all the different avenues—they didn't just stop in one place. And you know, it's it's been around for a long time, right? Yeah. So yeah. not a lo- well, kind 20- of a long time.
0: This is our twenty-six years, so we're moving right along. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: So. But to hear the evolution of that, to hear yeah. that. You know, it, it started really small with a few people and then it grew mm-hmm. and then it opened up different avenues and opportunities for employment yes. or, you know, yes. generating jobs, but also, you know, generating income right to be yeah, able to run is. these beautiful the places women, of
0: very women who make the products benefit from them and the global initiatives we have are amazing. Like we have this bug spray that comes from Rwanda, Africa. Uh the geranium plants are grown in the fields of Rwanda, right where the genocide happened. So the women uh, planted geranium plants and they press the oil and they send us the oil. And so we have an all-natural insect repellent. It doesn't have any chemicals or any deep. It has been uh, 99% effective, and uh, it is so good. It has uranium, lemongrass, spearmint, and peppermint in it, and a little bit of alcohol. You just shake it up and spray it on yourself, on your children, and it repels fleas, mosquitoes, and ticks. We have this amazing tea from San Juan de Mexico. It's a superfood bush. It's moringa, and moringa fights skin fatigue. It has antioxidants. Vitamin A, vitamin C, stabilizing blood sugar, increases the memory, all this good stuff. But what sold me on the tea is that it has an ingredient that slows down the development of wrinkles. I'm like, oh my God, take a bath <laughs>
1: pour this tea all over me
0: Just every day So we have beautiful jewelry from Bell Joy. so all these women all around the country are artisans and they're making stuff mm-hmm. and we sell we give them a seventy percent of the proceeds up front so they are wow. no homeless and they can take care of their children. so yeah, it's it's amazing. it's just uh, it's amazing. Yes. And
1: exactly. just to hear how you're equipping other people all over the country, all over the world.
0: Yeah, all over the world. Just the
1: avenues of being able to partner and being able to recreate what you've created yeah. in in ways that work for, you know, those communities but to bring opportunity and hope and a safe place. Yes. Is is just is just okay. incredible. It is it's just yeah. incredible. I love that you've really kind of spoken to this tagline that Thistle Farms has that love heals everybody. And it's amazing to hear all the different ways that you can use that tagline to apply it to so much of, of what it does. Um, you shared something in your story that I'd love to just talk a little bit more about, you know, we talked Mm -hmm. about how Thistle Farm started small. We talked about, you know, these small moments where you see Regina in jail, these small moments where you just, these just small rays of light hearing your mom hearing these things. And so, um, y'all have this, this phrase that you say that this uh, single candle can cut through the darkest night. And I think sometimes we feel like, how can someone like me or how can someone, you know, I, I don't have a big impact or I, I'm just part of this small organization. You know, everyone who's listening has a a different story, but feeling (laughs) like, how can I, what can I do? Like, this is a big organization. They have all these resources. They have the infrastructure for this. It's built over time. How can, like, what advice do you have on just small ways that we can be just this one candle that cuts through that dark night?
0: You know, um, I love that, you know, inside of my candle is say it also says that this candle uh, lights for the woman still out there is sick and suffering for the babies that are born into addiction without a choice in the matter. And everybody on this earth has a story, be it good or bad, we all have stories. So that means all of us can just do one little thing. It never has to be a big thing, but if you do a little something and I do a little something and the next person do just a little something, whether it's volunteering or become a donor a product, a purchase a product or purchase a product or introduce that product to someone who's never heard of this apart, just do a little bit of something and all those little bitty droppings of hope, they add up. It becomes mm-hmm. more. It adds up and it helps another woman. You know, on the back of our products, I think it used to say, we changed our logo, but it used to say on the back of our products, Heal, Employ, Empower. And it would say this lotion or camber or whatever it was is made by the Women of Fils Farms, a nonprofit social enterprise dedicated to empowering survivors. So every time you do something, you're helping another woman get her life back. Mm. It don't have to be a lot. I'll accept a lot, but it don't have to be a lot. (laughs) It don't have to. Just do what you can do. Just a little bit helps. And if everybody drops a drop in the bucket, the bucket becomes full. You know, it's just that simple. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I thank you because you have allowed us now. That's what friends do. You have become my friends and you have allowed me to meet your friends. So now these people that you know are going to hear about the survivors so if they already didn't know. So we have like a 78% success rate. And that's why women come off the street, live in the program for two whole years, and then we attract them and their sobriety for the next two years or so for four years span. And so it's great. We get our lives back around here. Yeah
1: that's beautiful my grandmother used to always say this little tagline in Spanish and it was drop by drop the bucket fills and that's, that's kind it. of what you're saying that's
0: it. That's it. Exactly. and what I also love okay.
1: about this story is that yeah. two Christmases ago my sister-in-law who lives in Nashville shout out to my sister-in-law yeah, gifted yeah. me a handful of things for Thistle Farms and i had never heard of Thistle Farms See? See and then works? I yeah. discover so many more things that Thistle Farms sells yeah. that yeah. I enjoy yeah. and then this podcast allows me too. You know I had somebody not shared something that somebody had introduced them that they just believed in and that they were impacted by. We yeah. wouldn't be here being able to have this conversation and being able to share your story and the story of of all of this and opportunity well, that people well, have that to play a part. Such a
0: small world, yeah, it is. Amazing. It is. It's amazing that the universe. You know, like when I travel and I have on a love hero shirt, I tend to act. I, I tend to be a better person when I get my love here shirt on. So they be like, <laughs> they'd be like, love here. She and you know, so that's like you're glowing, and I'm like, compared to where I used to be, I should. Yeah. I should go because I got my life back. And somebody at the airport to say, so what does love heals mean? I'm like, you ask the wrong person, because I'm gonna I'm gonna grab you for about 10 minutes. How much time do you have? How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to meet people all around the United States to think that I was trapped in a 10 block radius for well over 20 years. We have now been to every state in the United States and I've taken a couple of cruises and I've been outside the country. So I'm on the winning side. And this is so amazing that we do get our lives back. It's amazing. We do. Yeah.
1: So I, I've heard that you kind of go and share your gift of song that was resparked and revived that moment yes. they asked you to come and sing. So are you singing everywhere, too, as you're traveling? So I just what I
0: did was when I first got to Thistle Farms, I started off working in manufacturing, making limb bombs. And I would mix the almond oil, the lanolin, the butter, the beeswax. And when I came to work here, I came to the program in 2009. When I came to work here in 2010, we only had... Uh, one little small room and was making our products by hand with no help, no measuring, you know, measure everything, no no machinery. So I would mix up the almond oil, the lamb, and the beeswax, and I would try to pour it out of a pitcher to this little tiny tea. we like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But then after I mastered how to do that, they sent me to be the manager of event packing. So my job was to pack all the products in the bin for the other women to go out and tell their stories and go to marketplaces and go into the business offices and go to lawyer's office and we sell our products. That's how we did it back in the day before we came up with the, the website. So my job was to pack the products that I would get through and send the product. I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot the candle. That's one of the most important things. So I wrote this little dorky song called I'm a Thistle Farmer and it names Every one of our products. So that's what I, because I had my joy back in my life. I love it. So I'm, I'm so I got to make work with joy because I love singing. So I wrote this little song called I'm a Thistle Farmer. and names all of my products. And then Becca Stevens' husband is a renowned music art, um, a renowned music writer. So he carried me to the studio and put music to it. So whenever I'm on the road with Becca, she's like, can you sing your song? I'm like, okay, here I go. So yeah. So I love it. It's called I'm a Thistle Farmer. And it just talks about every one of my products. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. so just amazing to see so many of the gifts that you have, right? Like just come to life in different ways yeah, yeah. and to be part of the story. Well, this is honestly, you were just so beautiful inside and out. And I I love every part. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to hear your story, but also to share this story on the podcast. Um, One thing that I ask all of our guests that I would love to hear from you, because I feel like you probably have a different perspective, um, which is the best part about hearing everyone's definition, but what does success look like to you or to thistle farms you can speak to either one but i'm sure that you've seen hope and love and success in a whole different way than other people and i'd love for you to share your take on it
0: yes yes absolutely you know this year i came in the program monday morning november the 9th 2009 this year on november the 9th 2009 i celebrate 13 years clean and it wow. just so happened i had gone to, to Virginia. And Stand Together Foundation had done a podcast and it came out on my anniversary day. And I was so happy that I got a story to tell. And My story mm-hmm. is not for me. My story is I got my life back. And wow. so I get to tell my story all around the United States. I get to tell my story on your podcast, which is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, life has just simply changed. It has changed in every way for me for the better it has.
1: To use your story to bring hope and to have yes. that opportunity in that platform. Yes. It's and good. have the courage to share it and say there's mm-hmm. good in it.
0: Yes. It there's is.
1: so mm-hmm. much good and so much light.
0: I really like to tell the bad parts because I want everybody to realize that uh, you still... I challenge people. When you see a woman on the street and it looks like she just don't care and she's selling herself, if that was an option for her mm-hmm. to sell herself, what could her options have been? What could her life be like? So you know, if you know someone that can help her, just give her a number. Because that that number that I received, I held on to that number for all my might mm-hmm. until I got to a place that could help me. Yeah. Yeah. Even just the story
1: of what you did with that number, you put it yeah. in the safest place because you knew yeah. it, you did not want to
0: lose that one right. ray of light. One ray of light. That was it. Yes. I knew everything I touched turned to dirt. But if I could put that in. the And so my mom was a praying woman and she died three months after I came to the program. But mm. the good thing about knowing that all the prayers that she said for me prayers do not have an expiration date so sometimes I'll get a blessing I'll be like thanks mom you know because I know she Aww. put the out there for me so yeah yeah it's great yeah.
1: she never gave
0: up she never gave up she never gave up yeah she did not
1: mm. she well I am did. so encouraged and so inspired and so grateful for everything that you have shared today and all that you're doing and yeah. the light that mm-hmm. you're sharing and just passing on that one candle light to the next candle and just letting that continue to spread light.
0: That's right. Absolutely. So thank you. Well, tell it. us where
1: we can find more of your products and tell us your favorite product from Thistle Farms. I'd love to oh. hear that.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. So thistlefarms.org is a, we have a great online own shopping we have a great online presence for you to shop, thistlefarms.org. You go in there and you'll watch our videos. You can shop online. If you happen to be in Nashville, come by 5122 Charlotte Pike, eat in the cafe, Come on Wednesday mornings at nine o'clock and sit in me meditation circle with everybody. Get a tour of Thistle Farms, uh, and then so at Thistle Farms they tell us to dream and dream big. So as of last April, I became an author because I wanted people to hear my story, and and my the title of my book is "Hope Is Always Real" because when when I was in jail and I saw Regina and she gave me that phone number, that was the first bit of tangible hope I had in my life in almost three decades. So hope truly is real. It's always real. It was always there and I just didn't know how to get it. So yeah, so my book right now is my favorite product and the candle is a favorite product. I love our lotions. We have these amazing lotions that are made with moringa oil. They fight skin fatigue and has antioxidants. We have these beautiful home gift sets that come in a shipper box and it has like a candle, a lotion, a linen spray, a room spray. It has all kinds of stuff. So I ask you to please 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 go online and look and shop please and when you purchase a product the proceeds go to help another lady get her life back yeah
1: thanks for listening to another episode of the tried and truth podcast um i want to leave you with some truths and takeaways because wow so many such an inspiring conversation but before i do would love for you, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, to take a few quick seconds to leave some stars, leave a quick review. That's what helps this conversation and so many more like these continue to get shared uh, with other people just like you and me. And so I would love for you to do that or subscribe to the podcast as well. Share this with a friend, someone that you think could be inspired or impacted by this conversation. So here are today's truths and takeaways. Number one, love is the most powerful force for change in the world. Two, ask yourself the question, where can you extend grace or create a space for love to live today? Number three, all those little droplets of hope, they add up. If everybody drops a drop in the bucket, it'll become full. Number four, prayers do not have an expiration date. And number five, all of us can do one little thing. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time.